Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 14th episode of the Hockey Collective Show. It is the most wonderful time of the year, and we're not talking about Christmas. We're talking about hashtag World Juniors, as my shirt says here for you. Visual watchers, Mac, Ty, how are we doing? Are we ready for this? Very ready for this, man. I've been waiting for December 26th since uh, Canada last won the World Juniors back in the summer, so it hasn't been too long. Remember watching that at a bar uh, during a wedding? I actually snuck away during a wedding to watch uh, the boys win the gold medal. So I'm pumped for this, Mac. I know you are too. Yeah, that's actually one of my favorite moments this past year. I mean, Cabbage knocking the puck off the line that was sick. Yeah, that's a that's a crazy thing. I remember just sitting in my room. I was like, oh, gold medal games on, even though it's summer and turned it on right as overtime started but that was that was a crazy time and i think we're in for another crazy tournament i mean we saw the likes of bedard and Wright, etc in prior tournaments here fantilli's gonna want to make a name for himself obviously we're gonna be a little bit canada centric on this show but we're gonna preview all teams in the in the tournament here we'll give some predictions at the end but ty how are you spending the holidays man Oh man, it's uh the holidays is usually kind of stressful, but I got four straight days of driving east, west, north. At least I don't have to go south from me, which I'm in Toronto, so it's a lot of driving. But it's nice to see family, nice to party a little around the holiday season, and uh, you only see some of these people once a year. So uh, I'm pumped, and at every event uh, after the 26th, which is Boxing Day up here in Canada, I've already made sure that the World Junior Games will be on TV. So I'm all set. Perfect, perfect, Mac. Big plans. Well, a lot of traveling. Well, hopefully a lot of traveling. We'll see what the weather brings here in the next couple of days. It's supposed to get pretty bad, apparently. So we'll uh, we'll see if that kicks some plans out the door. But, you know, just like Ty said, after the 26th, World Junior is on every single day from start to finish. Uh, maybe a little bit of Spangler. Is it, is it on again this year? I'm assuming so. It so that, that will be on in the mornings and Juniors in the afternoon. So it should be a good, should be a good time. Absolutely. Yeah, there's some uh, good retro names in the Spangler, as always. Be sure to check that out in between games. I'm uh, I'm back home right now, hence the different setup, and then Boxing Day heading down uh, down south somewhere a little bit warmer, so going to find some uh, random streams to watch World Junior Games on on the couch down there. Uh, but I mean, hey, like I said, this is the most wonderful time of the year. I know all three of us grew up watching the World Juniors. It's the highlight of our winter every year. Ty, I want to start with you. What is your favorite World Junior moment? Childhood, recent, doesn't matter. Just give it to me. Yeah, I got a lot of favorite World Junior moments. Uh, man, because like not going Canada-centric, Kasperi Kapanen's game-winning goal in overtime for Finland, that like that got me out of my seat. I was pumped up for that. But obviously, being from Canada, there's so many moments. And I'll talk about one of the players when we go through like our all-time World Juniors team for Team Canada. But man... Jordan Eberle's game-tying goal in 2009 against the Russians. Like, a couple seconds before that, they iced the puck. It hits the post. Like, that could have been game over if that goes in. And all of a sudden, John Tavares throws one on net. It gets blocked. It falls to Eberle, and he ties the game. And uh, they win it in a shootout with goals from Eberle and Tavares. So, Mac, I'll never forget that moment. For me, that is still the GOAT. Yes, the GOAT Canadian World Junior moment ever. One that kind of rivals that for me is the the Taves shootout. Obviously, I'm a I'm a big Taves fan, and that's kind of where it all started. Is uh was that shootout in that tournament? Uh, I kind of fell in love with Taves, and that's why I, I kind of fell in love with the Hawks later that year, or whatever when he started playing there as well. So that that's a, a big moment in my hockey fandom. So that's uh, that's something I'll always remember from juniors. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I could not. Uh... 
pick an argument in either of those if I wanted to. Both pretty iconic. I remember racing home from school for the Taze when it was a weird time because it was overseas, I believe, there. Uh, mine, I'm going to roll with uh, John Tavares' hat trick against Team USA New Year's Eve. I think it was 2009. I remember we were at... Uh, 2009 so I was 11 we were at kind of a, a family and friends get together with a bunch of the kids from our team and stuff most of the kids were uh down in the basement hanging out doing different stuff and uh, I remember uh Griffin and I were sitting upstairs Mac watching the game and we were just glued to the tv and everybody else came up like oh my god what happened and we're like you'll never believe it because you were downstairs playing Lego or whatever you were doing and we're watching uh, Canada versus U.S. New Year's Eve so that game sticks out to me that whole 2009 year was crazy Ty you touched on the Everly moment there that's got to be one of the most uh, memorable tournaments over overall um but i think that's a pretty good list there from all three of us um keeping it on a similar note i want to dive into all-time favorite world junior players um ty we'll start with you again but i'm guessing again we're going to be a little bit canada centric here because that's who we root for but um three forwards 2d a goalie tyler i want to hear your favorite world junior players ever yeah, so I thought we were going with Canadian players, but it might have been Canadian players regardless, boys. So uh, bear with me. At center, I'm going with Taser, Jonathan Taves, the guy Mac just brought up. But he won two golds. Obviously, the three shootout goals that Mac talks about, that's one of the most iconic moments ever. And that's where I wear number 29 now. Like, I saw him wearing 29. And I was just like, man, that number looks sick. I used to wear nine, so I ended up switching to 29 because of Jonathan Taves in that moment. At wing, uh, a guy that I talked about, Jordan Eberle, that tying goal was nuts. So Eberle had a couple unreal World Junior tournaments. Uh, Jordan Tutu is my other winger, guys. Nick, you were probably in diapers when Jordan Tutu was playing in the World Juniors. It, it was back in 2003. Canada won a uh, silver medal that year, but he was a freight train. You were like, this guy is going to destroy people in the National Hockey League. And, and that really got me into the World Juniors that year. I was 12 years old, so that got me hooked. And on D, I'm going with Dion Phaneuf, the double Dion. What else can you say? Looked like he was going to be a stud. Uh, P.K. Subban, 08, 09 teams, two gold medals, not a big deal. Subban was a stud in those tournaments as well, and then went on to win a Norris in the National Hockey League. And in between the pipes, Mac, the guy that helped in that shootout, that helped in that 07 tournament with Jonathan Taves, he was the MVP of the tournament, Carey Price. You just knew that Canada had the, the, the goalie of the future, and so did the Montreal Canadiens. So that's my team right there. Jordan Tutu, Nick, you, you don't even remember that one. No, I don't. I remember uh, remember him in the NHL. I remember the 2-2 train, but World of Juniors, no, I can't recall that. That's where it all started, man. It is. It is Halifax, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. Yeah, they won silver. Yeah, yeah. Mac, what about you here? Give me uh, your list and, and how many Hawks are on it. <laughs> only only one Hawks player. I'm going to go with Taves, obviously, as my as my guy. Uh, Tyler explained it good enough. But again, just going back to that shootout, just an unreal Canadian moment in the history there. Uh, second, I'm actually going to go with Forsberg. I'm going to bring up that 31 points in seven games just looking back i had his card from the world juniors as a kid looking at the back just 31 points in seven games it's ridiculous i don't think that record's ever going to be touched nowadays but one person who got close recently and another guy that i really loved recently was trevor zegras for the states that guy was unbelievable at the world juniors obviously he's doing crazy things right now in the nhl not maybe points wise but you know putting up some sick dangles and and michigan goals michigan assists or whatever you want to say um but it's been unreal i agree with ty on the FNUF. he's part of my team as well double dion's a moment that's going to go down in history as one of the best in the world juniors for canada uh 
for the best Canadian defenseman ever, I think, is uh, Alex Petrangelo at the juniors. 12 points in six games. Unreal for a defenseman. That guy just lit it up in 2010 and helped that, helped that team for sure. And then who I think the best goalie in Canadian history was, obviously Price is up there too, but Justin Pogie, 6-0, and one goals against with a 952 save percent. That guy was unbelievable. Too bad he didn't pan out for the Leafs, eh? Yeah, that would have been nice. That would have been nice. Um, I, again, hard to pick any holes in that list. Forsberg, don't really remember him either, but uh, I can't really <laughs> blame you on the pick there. Um, my list, I mean, starting us off at forward, I already touched on him, John Tavares, that whole tournament, uh, the World Junior hat trick there on New Year's Eve. I mean, that's an iconic moment for me. I had to have him on there. Um, again, I guess my my guys are a little bit further down the line than you guys, but Braden Shen is there for me. That dude was on a mission, 26 points in two tournaments. He turned out to be a great NHL player, but I remember watching that like this guy's going to be an absolute star. Um, obviously, had some good line mates, but he was impressive in those tournaments. Um, and then third forward for me, a little bit uh, off the page, perhaps, but Matt Barzell. Um, I'm wearing a hashtag World Juniors shirt here. Um, parents bought uh, the family tickets to the, uh, I guess, December 31st, 2016, um, Canada versus U.S. U.S. ended up winning. Um, but Barzell, I remember he played two games in the NHL, got sent down. Nobody could figure out why he was sent down, but he's that skilled. And I just remember we were sitting like three or four rows up from the ice, Canada versus U.S., and Barzell's just absolutely buzzing around. And that was the first time that I was like, oh, that guy's different. Like the the speed, the skill, the skating, like as much as those weren't great world junior teams for Canada, he stuck out to me a lot there. Um, I'm going to put Thomas Shabbat as my first defenseman. Same reason, watched him there. And I remember like I texted all my buddies when I got home, like, damn it, Ottawa's got another Carlson. Like this isn't good for the Leafs fans. But um, Thomas Shabbat's there. I wanted to go open up, but both of you guys did. So I'll change it up a little bit there with Shabbat, little uh, memorabilia nostalgia there. Um one guy that Mac, I mean, you said Petrangelo's the best. Don't forget about Ryan Ellis, 25 mm-hmm. points across three tournaments. That's something that won't be touched. I mean, not many guys play three tournaments anymore. If they're if they're that good at that young of an age, they're going up to the show before their third world junior season. So Ryan Ellis, I remember him uh, in Windsor there with Hall, and they go to the World Juniors and just absolutely lit it up. He walked the line like nobody else, and um, he even had a beard started at 17 or whatever he was then. So uh, Ryan Ellis is a beauty, and then in that, Marc-Andre Fleury. The yellow pads are iconic for me. That's what I picture when I think about mini sticks playing with my buddies. We're all sitting in front of the TV watching Fleury stack the pads in bright yellow there. I mean, that's iconic pads to me. I don't really care about the uh, the goal mishap that he head there um he was a a legend for me growing up um another just honorable mention because I always think about this dude and he was the first guy that I ever realized like oh just because you're good in the world juniors doesn't mean you're gonna be good in the NHL um Stefan Della Rovere I I was gonna say him too nasty I loved him in the world juniors he just ran through everybody he had a point per game in the second year I think he was an assistant captain there but I remember that guy like and he played he played ECHL games, then went back to junior, went to the tournament. Then the next year he played AHL games, went back to junior, went to the tournament. So every year was just like, this guy's a man. Yeah, Stefan Del Robert, I'm going to give him some love too. I love that you did that because I was going to give a couple honor, honorable mentions as well. Uh, Stefan Del Robert was number one. 
uh, Stefan Legion, number two. Mm. Uh, like, I just love the energy, guys. Obviously, that's why I said Jordan Tutu as well, back from 03. But Delaware Legion, Wayne Simmons didn't put up points when he was on the World Juniors. But, man, that guy was a menace out on the ice as well. So uh, Wayne Simmons is another honorable mention for me. And then one more. A uh, guy that really never panned out. I think he's playing over in like Denmark or Norway now, but a, a guy from my area here in Toronto, Anthony Camara, man, he wow. laid out a guy one time, felt so bad for him. And you were just like, yeah, this is like the Delaware Rivera, the legion of this team. And he never panned out in the NHL, but man, he was a, he was a menace on the ice for team Canada. Yeah. He he's a legend too. In my eyes, that dude just steamrolled people. Mac, any honorable mentions from you? I mean, I got to throw McDavid in there at some point, right? That guy was unbelievable. He throws a good so. player in, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, honorable mention. <laughs> he's not He's not going to have too many honorable mentions in his career, so he may as well throw him out there right when he can. That's fair enough. Well, in Stefan Delarovera's defense, he doesn't either, but <laughs> and I loved him. So um, I think that's going to wrap it up for the nostalgia side of things here, fellas. What do you say we uh, look forward to the upcoming tournament? Let's do it. Yeah, let's uh, break down a couple of these groups, man. Like, I-, I wonder if our gold medal matchups will be different, but we'll see, Nick. We'll see. I hope so for the sake of the pod, but uh, there's a couple uh, top-heavy teams in the tournament this year. So we're going to run through Pool A first and then Pool B. Um, we'll go through the teams in order of their betting odds, betting favorites uh, by FanDuel there. That's kind of TSN's partner, and that's where the games are here in Canada. So we're going to do that. Um, kicking us off probably shouldn't be a surprise. Team Canada. Minus 130 to win the tournament. The only team that's a minus there on, on betting odds. And I mean, they're just stacked. You got Shane Wright. You got Connor Bedard. You got Dylan Gunther. You got Adam Fantilli. Olin Zellweger. You got Logan Stankoven was sick in the last World Juniors. You got Brant Clark. Mac, tell me what to watch for on Team Canada and rattle through the other half of the stars that they got. <laughs> I mean, just watching Bedard and Wright, their chemistry already in the two preseason games they've had. That behind-the-back pass from Bedard to right, I think it was the first game against Switzerland. It was just gross, so I can't wait to watch that. I actually kind of weird storyline, I guess, is Shane Wright. He's kind of been tossed around in Seattle, so is this kind of a prove-it tournament for him after the last couple of seasons? Because he hasn't really had a chance, really, with the COVID situation going on. Obviously, he's played a lot of games, but compared to other draftier guys, I think he's going to put his name right out there. Zellweger, again, the Hawks have 3D, Delmastro, uh, Korczynski, and uh, Nolan, another, Allen. Yeah, Nolan Allen as well. Uh, and I think they fill the whole left side of their D, or D pairings right now. So that's pretty cool to see as a Blackhawks fan. Yeah, they could use uh, those guys in the NHL. Yeah, yeah, they probably could. But, you know, no rush right now. <laughs> uh, but exciting future for sure for them. Um, Ty, how do we feel about their goaltending? Yeah, the goaltending is uh, the one question mark for Canada, and I think it has been for what the last three, four, five tournaments maybe where they haven't really had that stud goaltender. What was who was the last real stud in between the pipes for the Canadian team? Carter Hart maybe. So um, they've really just had to go with a guy in the the exhibition games, the other guy in the other one. Sometimes a third goalie's got into it, and the head coach just kind of has to pick there. But we'll see if Milic can do it. He had a shutout in that first game you're talking about where Bedard had that filthy pass to right. And then Gaudreau started in the second one. Shane Wright unfortunately scored on him, or else he would have had a shutout as well. So you don't really know who's going to be the starter, but you probably can't go wrong. I think Milic is having a pretty good season uh, in junior, so maybe it's him at the end of the day. But I, I think... That's the the most worrisome part about this Team Canada team. You guys mentioned the defensemen up front. They are absolutely stacked. Like, if the Bedard and uh, and Wright chemistry 
happens and maybe Othman can chip in here and there, which we know he could a Rangers prospect. And then Stan Coven and Fantilli can get some with Gunther. Like it is a deadly top two lines. They won't even need any secondary scoring. I don't think this could be one of the more top heavy team Canada teams that I've seen in a while. And the blue line you're mentioning too, Mac, they're all huge. They are huge. Olin Zellweger might be the smallest guy on the decor. If I'm not mistaken, out of all seven defensemen. So uh, they're big boys back there. They will be physical. And then up front, they'll just be scoring goals. So they're going to score a ton in this group, especially. And then once it gets to the elimination round, Nick, that's when the real test will begin. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you touched on Othman there. That's a dude that I absolutely love. Talk about the energy guys, but he's got hands too. He put up points and he steamrolled 10 guys in the summer tournament there. We made some uh, pretty good clips out of that on social and they went pretty big. He had some good quotes with it too, but that's a dude I love. Um, He was the captain of Flint Firebirds and he asked for a trade earlier this year, fellas. Um, He wanted to be closer to home because his grandparents are are not doing too well health-wise. So that's a dude who's just heart and soul and and the type of leader that he is. I think he's just going to go out there laying bodies and um, separating pucks and and setting up his teammates there like we said a lot of firepower on team Canada Um, also notable um, Dennis Williams he's uh, the head coach this year we know that's always a revolving door on team Canada who's coming in there Um, he's head coach and GM of the Everett Everett Silver Tips Um, probably going to get some NHL looks soon so this will be a good tournament for him to show it Um, and I wanted to give some love to Alan Letang and Andy Brown as well on the coaching staff both of those guys were with Own Sound when I was there Um, great dudes just absolute some of the best people in hockey. Uh, Latang went on to be the head coach of the attack, and now he's in Sarnia, the head coach there. Uh, and Andy Brown's uh, the physical therapist, uh, athletic therapist in Own Sound, doing the same for Team Canada. So there's some great people on Team Canada's bench. There's some great players on the ice. I think that's all we have to say about Team Canada, fellas. Agree? Uh, I, yeah, I, I was going to mention uh, Zellweger, too, has one of the best defensive point total ever at the World Junior last year. So it'll be interesting to see how we can build on that with that probably even better forward core than they had last year. Yeah, 11 points in seven games, I believe, there. So, I mean, hey, if he rattles up another 11 here, he's at 22 in 14 games, two tournaments, closing in on Ryan Ellis. Maybe the Ducks send him back next year. He might be too old. Maybe it was a dumb comment by me. I don't know. Um, But the next team in uh, Group A here, fellas, is Sweden. They are plus 800 on FanDuel. They've got Fabian Lysel. Leo Carlson's a draft-eligible player. Isaac Rosen's the third forward on that line. He's sick. He's in Rochester in the AHL. Uh, They've got Adam Angstrom, a Habs D pick. Uh, They've got a draft-eligible D-man in Axel Sandin Palilka. And then Carl Lindblom. That might be the biggest part of Team Sweden. He's a stud goalie expected to run the tournament here for them. Ty, what else do we have to watch for on Sweden? Or is it just like every other year where they're going to come out, be skilled, and win games? It is, yeah. Like, the Swedes should win a medal this year. I don't know if they will, but it's all the goaltender, Lindblom, that you're talking about. All you hear coming out of this Swedish team is how good this goaltender is. So he has to come into the tournament and show us he's that good. Kind of like Uko Pekalukkanen did a few years back with the Finnish team. We were like, who is this guy? He has a real cool name, and he had a, an unreal tournament. So maybe Lindblom can do that. But, Mac, a lot of the high-end prospects like Lysel or even like a Liam Ogren, who the Minnesota Wild, I saw a video of Bill Guerin at the draft. He's like, did Liam Ogren really just fall to us? And he did. So uh, Liam Ogren might have a good tournament. We think Fabian Lysel will as well. And they are the team that should finish right behind Canada in this first group, Max. So, uh, yeah, Sweden, they should do well, but it all depends what they do uh, coming into the medal round. I agree. Yeah, I think they're they're far and away a better team than either the Czech, Germany, or Austria in that group. And it shouldn't be too much of a challenge for them to, to finish in that second spot, especially with their history at the World Junior. I mean, they didn't 
how long do they go without losing a game in the round robin? It was a uh, forty games or something like that for I don't know ten years, I guess. Um, so that's pretty incredible. Um, but yeah, Lysel, I, I wanted to touch on Ogren as well. That guy's so skilled, um, and their goalie's been kind of predicted to put in a run for a goalie of the tournament this year. So that should be interesting to see how Lindblom does, um, especially against Canada in that final game on New Year's Eve. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, I think it's important to say with Carlson, especially there, he's playing with good players, which is only going to help his cause, right? A lot of times coming into the tournament, there's so much hype around draft eligible players and, oh, this is the guy you've got to watch. And then they're out there on, I don't know, not to name a country, but they're out there with two duds on their line. And it's like, oh, they didn't accomplish anything. No shit. Look who they're playing with against Canada, against US, etc. So Carlson, he's a guy that I, I want to watch for closely because I think he's going to go high, high, high in this year's draft. Um, but beyond that, any other takeaways for Sweden, Ty? No, they just better show it this year. Like they have the capabilities of winning a gold medal with all the players that they have. Uh, if they can beat Canada in the group stage, they have a chance. Yep, I think that's what it would take to put them in some good positioning there heading into the rounds there. So um, next team up, fellas, Czechia, Czech Republic, uh, plus 2,000 for them. So we're starting to creep up there in terms of the odds, but not as big as the next jump. Uh, David Yerchek's a big story with them, right? High pick to Columbus. He's playing in the AHL. Um, also, I don't want to sleep on Yuri Kulich. He's a 2004 born. He's playing in the AHL. Obviously, that's not something that happens with North American born players, but European players can come over play in the AHL and he's doing pretty well, fellas. Tyler, is there any other players there that are missing on Czechia or is it the same kind of just good deep team that's going to compete? It is. They'll probably have an exciting win at some point, like an overtime win or something. They usually do uh, the former Czech Republic, but Kulich should be the guy. And it's cool that he's teammates with Isaac Rosen, a a guy we just talked about uh, on Team Sweden. So both players playing professional hockey in Rochester in the American Hockey League. That obviously gives them a step up on a lot of the competition, especially for a lot of 17-year-olds in this tournament, 18-year-olds. You have a couple players that are playing pro hockey. It's almost not fair when a guy's coming from the AHL, especially the NHL, like we saw last year with a lot of players coming over and absolutely dominating, like a a Mason McTavish, for example. So uh, we'll see how Czechia does. David Yerichek, maybe he can show us that Jarmo Kekalainen made the right pick where he did very early in that draft, Mac, but most likely locked in in that third slot in group yeah i agree with you there apparently their goalie is really good uh his name is uh thomas suknik um he's been getting some votes and in, in early predictions as goalie of the tournament as well along with uh the swedish goalie there so that's something to look at look at um maybe he can steal a game against sweden or canada even and, and then push for that second spot and and more maybe so um that'll be interesting be interesting to look at uh going into the tournament for sure hopefully he doesn't suk <laughs> No, no. So bad. That yeah, so was bad. bad. That was bad, yeah. I'll give you a pass because it's the holidays, but good Lord. Uh, Germany up next here, and this is where the jump in the odds is, fellas. FanDuel has them at plus 25,000. Uh, cool. Julian Lutz, Lutz, not sure how to say it, but that's the only name that I really knew about coming into the tournament. Mac, tell me about some others because I'm not too fond on Germany here. I don't know many games, but they started off against Slovakia on uh, Sunday there, and they beat them five nothing. So that's something to look at. However, they started, they came back on Tuesday night and lost to Austria in overtime in pre-tournament. So they're going to probably be an up and down team. They may surprise some people in, in a game or two there, but I don't see much happening from from Germany this year. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. sometimes they crash, but roller coasters are always fun. Remember that, Germany fans. Tyler? We don't expect the Germans to do much. They've had way better teams over the last decade or even five years. But when you have teams like Sweden and Canada in your group, it's going to be really tough to get out of it. But if they beat a team like Czechia, they can get in third place and have an easier matchup potentially in the elimination round. We're moving to the next team, which is Austria at plus 25,000 again. Hope they compete. Would love to see them win a game. We always want a good story, and um, the parody is what makes these tournaments fun. So we need a we need a good goalie. We need a good win somewhere. But um, Ty, other than Roar, or anything to add on Austria? No, not not really. I think they have a player that's played in two tournaments named Finn Van E. So it's Van Space E E. And every time I've seen his name on like rosters for the last couple of tournaments, I've just wanted him to do well. You know what a cool last name. No, Austria is gonna suck. That is pretty cool. I do like that name. Mac, anything on Austria? Yeah, I think uh, Marco Casper has been a guy that's kind of held them held them higher than they should have been in the last couple of tournaments. Obviously, there was no relegations, but uh, I think they're the kind of main relegation candidate without uh, without him in the lineup for sure. They could be, they could be, but there's another team down in that mix as well that we'll get to in a minute. Um, but shifting gears to Pool B, fellas, the uh, the second favorite in the tournament, the favorite to win Pool B, the United States are plus 310 to win it all. And I mean, fellas, this is a deep team. I was surprised they're over plus 300 because they've got some good names. We got Logan Cooley's obviously a high pick. I'm super high on Cutter Gauthier. I think he's, uh, he's going to be a star in the NHL. Rutger McGrody, Chaz Lucius, Luke Hughes is the captain this year. He looks amazing. Mac, your guy Lane Houston there. He's putting up crazy numbers in the NCAA. Tyler Boucher, uh, weird pick from the Senators a couple years back, doing well in the O this year. Uh, and then Jimmy uh, Snuggerud. I never know how to say that, but it's a cool name and he's pretty quick. Ty, what do you think of Team USA this year? They look really good. Um, I think the main thing, like Team Canada, is going to be goaltending. Can Caden and Burko do it again? He couldn't do it in the last tournament. The uh, the United States didn't even win a medal in that tournament, so it's all on Caden and Burko's shoulders. So we'll see if he can shoulder the load. And, and then up front, a lot of the players you mentioned, like Logan Cooley, could easily win the MVP of this entire tournament. Uh, Connor Bedard's very skilled on Canada, but man, Logan Cooley possesses every aspect of an NHL player already. So we'll see if Cooley can do that. And uh, Jimmy Snuggerud, you mentioned, big body. Cutter Goche, big body. These are big guys that can play in your top six that hopefully can provide some offense for Team USA if they do want to make it far and at least win a medal. And then one more thing, I watched a little of their pre-tournament game, Mac, between them and Sweden, and it was Rucker McGroarty wearing number two as a forward. What are you doing, Rucker? Come on. I mean, I think we could ask his parents a similar question when it comes to the name there. But good point. Um, yeah, good weird point. name, weird number. Mac, what else you got on the United States of America? Yeah, speaking of those two pre-tournament games, they kind of they look pretty dominant against Sweden. They beat them five one and they shot them pretty bad. Uh the shots in the other game against Finland, obviously they've had some tougher competition so far in pre-tournament than Canada. Um, but they beat Finland five two as well. So that's something to note down. Obviously, pre-tournament doesn't mean too much for the tournament but uh you can kind of see they've got some chemistry going already obviously they've got a lot of guys who played together in the past with the under um the development program and things like that uh, and a few guys playing for michigan right now as well so it'll be interesting to see how they develop as the tournament goes and um i i agree i think they're gonna win that division pretty easily although the next team we're going to talk about uh always has some unknown guys that always do well at this tournament and and who knows how Finland will do uh, against the States in that in that game. 
Yeah, completely agree. I think U.S. looked great in their prelim games there, or their pre-tournament games. I'm surprised they're plus 310, like I said. Uh, but the next team, Finland, they're plus 450. I think the gap should be a little bit more there if I were a betting man. Uh, but Finland, they've got some players. Brad Lambert and Joachim Kemmel. Obviously, those are the two big names. Another one that I want to watch, fellas, is Aaron Kiviharju, 16-year-old D-man getting a shot here. Love watching young guys in the tournament because, again, like the Ryan Ellis thing, that's a dude we're going to see for years. We're going to see him develop into hopefully a great player. So um, Finland, like you both said, they're always just a good, deep team that – they're going to be in every game. They might not win them all, but they're going to be in every game. And every game, there's somebody that surprises us. Tyler, who else should we watch for on Finland? And can you see them passing the States? Yeah, I definitely can. And if I was a betting person as well, I'd bet on them to win the tournament at it, whatever that number is. So, uh, man, Team Finland can obviously do it. And their goalies always step up in this tournament, uh, whether it was Yuka Uko, Pekka Lukanen, or whoever in the last couple of years. The Finnish goalies always have strong tournaments. And we've seen that in the National Hockey League when it translates over to pro hockey. So uh, Brad Lambert's the go-to guy, though. I didn't even know about that 16-year-old defenseman. Excited to see him now. Uh, but Brad Lambert, another player, like we talked about the two Rochester Americans, who it looked like Rick Bonus wanted to put him on the Winnipeg Jets roster to start the season, which is pretty crazy because of how far he fell in the draft after we all thought he was going to be a top five or a 10 pick. And uh, all of a sudden, the Winnipeg Jets scoop up and steal him near the end of the first round. And Brad Lambert's playing professional hockey in the American Hockey League. So hopefully he can dominate the tournament. We love a, a Finnish player named Brad Lambert still. I'm never going to get used to that. Um, but I do think the Finns, Mac, can win a medal once again. It just depends what color it is. Sure. I, I am a betting man, and, and I have Canada all the way through. But uh, I wouldn't be shocked if Finland steals a game or two in, in, along the way. Um, not steal a game, but... Um, you know, make a big run for that medal and end up in this in the final against Canada. Um, another guy to look for is the defenseman Alexi Haimo Salmi. Uh, pardon me if I did, if I didn't get that right, uh, but he was a second round pick two years ago to Carolina, and he has uh, twelve points in twenty five games in the league this year as a defenseman, which is pretty crazy as a nineteen year old. Uh, so he's somebody to come in come into the tournament looking at uh, scoring seven points last year as well. Or in the summer. He's uh he's a good name that I missed touching on there. Another one, uh, a forward this time, Vili Koivinen. He's uh also in the Liga this year. I think he's 30 points in just under 30 games. So almost every other he's putting one up, but he's a skilled player who uh, Finland's going to rely on. Because like we said, they're a deep team, not as much kind of top line talent as Canada or the U.S., but they're going to be in every game like we've all said. So um, moving forward from Finland there, another big jump in the betting odds, Slovakia at plus 5,000. I was a little surprised by this, but like you said, Mac, they haven't looked great in pre-tournament games. I like a lot of their pieces, but Ty, is the depth just not there with Slovakia for them to uh, bring home a medal this year? Yeah, most likely. Like, Simon Nemec can only play 30 minutes in how many of their games? Like, he's going to be playing a lot. So is Philip Mayshar, uh, who they took as well, the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, yet another first-rounder from Slovakia after Yuri Slavkovsky went to the Montreal Canadiens as well. But, like, Mac, maybe they could be that team. Like, I think Czechia could be in Group A where, I don't know, can they somehow beat Finland or U.S.? in one of those games in, in the group stage, maybe, but as you guys said, like they haven't looked great in the, uh, in the pre-tournament games, but maybe Simon Nemec can do it, but I don't have too, too much of high hopes on them. They should finish in fourth place. Yeah. Another guy that uh, we kind of talk about is D uh, Dalibor Dvorsky. Uh, he's supposed to go 
you know, top 10 probably in the NHL draft this year. He's already got eight points in that hockey Alice van this year in 21 games as a 17-year-old. Um, Nick and I were talking before this too. It's kind of the, the Czech and the Slovaks are kind of maybe a little bit overrated going into the tournament. Um, but I, again, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they beat Finland or U.S. Uh, in a shocking game kind of thing, uh, like you said, Ty. Yeah, absolutely. He's uh, he's a good prospect. Um, but again, like I said, with Carlson, he's one of the dudes that's not surrounded by great talent. So don't be harping on him on Twitter if he's not looking great in Slovakia. is 6-2 loss to the U.S. guys. But um, Adam Sikora, another dude I would touch on there, Ranger second rounder. He's a skilled player up front for them. Be curious to see what he does in another tournament here. Uh, but moving forward, Switzerland, we're starting to really get out of kind of the metal favorites here. Uh, they're plus 10,000. Tyler, I'll be honest, I don't know too much about the Swiss team. What do you got? Yeah, not much either. I love their jerseys every year. Leon Bichel is the, the one guy that when you look at the roster, you recognize mm-hmm. from the 2022 draft, the Dallas Stars took him, and this kid is a unit. You watched him go up on stage when he got drafted. You're like, this kid is absolutely huge. He's playing in the Swedish Hockey League this year, so should be their best player. And I do think Team Switzerland, like who cares about the pre-tournament games? They all just always find a way to do something. So I do somehow think they finish behind the U.S. and Finland and uh, maybe finish third in the uh, in the group, Mac. I mean, maybe we don't talk about pre-tournament. Maybe we do. They're up 3 nothing on the check right now uh, in the Ooh. second period. So who knows? Maybe they'll shock a few people beating the, beating the Slovaks. Maybe they make a run at Finland or, or the U.S. too. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. Um, do they still have that same coach that basically said they were – or shit there a couple years ago i think so i do yeah. think so because that i saw that clip resurface the other yeah, day yeah and that guy's hilarious to listen to so if they if they are losing all these laws some awesome sound bites to go along with it so mac you touched on austria earlier probably uh being up for the relegation i'm gonna throw latvia in that as well the last team in pool b and the sole reason is yesterday when i checked odds on FanDuel, i could not find an odds for latvia so Maybe it's been updated. Maybe that was just a bug. But if if they're below plus twenty five thousand, it's not looking great. Uh, DraftKings had them at plus fifty thousand, but they also had Germany and Austria up there as well. Or sorry, just Austria up there as well. Yeah, pretty um, much maxed out odds there. I think so. Yeah, it, it's the tail end of things. Latvia. Let's hope they have another cool goaltending story. Like, let's hope they steal a game. I would love for them to steal a game from Slovakia, maybe Finland. I I don't think the U.S., but one of those middle of the pack teams. Tie. Anything to add on Latvia? Nothing really. They'll be in the relegation round. Martins Lavins, though, remember him from the summer tournament? He had a couple cool moments for the Latvians, so maybe he can do that again. But it ain't happening for Latvia this year. And they could easily be the team that gets sent down uh, after this tournament. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're they're down. They're down three one to Germany with uh, minutes to go. So I, I don't oh. see them. Where's my guy Martins well. Lavins? He needs to score a couple goals. Tyler's guy throw him with Gavrikov and the boys. Uh, <laughs> but fellas, that wraps us up for pool play here. Let's get on to the fun stuff. I want you, Tyler, to give me your bronze medal game to kick us off here. We'll do gold afterwards um, just to not spoil anything. What do you got? Bronze medal game. I'm going with Sweden versus the United States. And unfortunately for the Swedes, they don't medal in this tournament after not meddling last year. And it was really disappointing with an unbelievable team. The Americans get a medal and it's bronze. Okay. Okay. Mac, follow that up. Bronze medal game. I'm going to go with, I'm actually going to go. Slovakia. No, I'm going to keep it safe, I think. I'm going to go 
I, I'm trying to think Finland or U.S. or sorry, Finland or it would be Sweden U.S. semifinals, right? With the the way the divisions are set up, so I'm gonna say Finland U.S. Wait, mine can't us. even happen then. It depends how they finish off, but assuming that oh. uh, Canada, so Canada, Sweden, U.S., Finland, it'll be U.S., Sweden in the in the semifinals, I believe. Well, I guess my group stage won't look like that then. So my bronze medal <laughs> thing can happen. Yeah. yeah. Hey, it could. It definitely could. I'm uh I'm doing a little bit of Europe and North America in mind. So I've got Sweden and Finland. I think it's pretty boring to pick the best teams. I wanted to throw Slovakia in there, but uh or sorry, the perennial best teams in countries. I wanted to throw Slovakia in. I just don't think they have the depth to surpass Finland in their pool, which like you said, Mac is gonna give them a tougher route. So I think my bronze medal game, Sweden and Finland. I got Finland taking it home just because they always seem to pull out a medal or a random victory here and there. Um, that leaves my gold medal game to be Canada and the U.S. I'm going with Canada. They've got too much firepower. The U.S. is good. They've got a lot of skill. They've pulled off some upsets against Canada when we we're all Canada heavy a couple of years in the last couple of years. Um, but I don't know that the U.S.'s defense is going to be able to contain what three great lines of, of team Canada's offense there. I like Canada's defense a lot more. So I'm taking Canada over the U S in gold looping back around Mac. What's your gold medal game? I was going to throw it out there. I think the U S are going to disappoint just like they did in the summer. And it's going to be a Canada over check. Give me my hot take of the tournament. Yeah. Gold goaltending is going to carry the check to the finals. See, the scary they're going to get obliterated this, in the finals, but they're going to get to the finals. The scary part of this is that Ty and I both said we're not betting guys, and you're a betting guy. So look out, check you in the U.S., but hey, I, I like being I, different. I, I only have money on Canada. The rest is just for fun. So it, A lot. A lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> the mortgage. Yeah. And Christmas. <laughs> his, daughter, his daughter gets no gifts after Canada gets knocked out. <laughs> He returns well, the Team Canada jersey he got her. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, uh, we got to take that back. No, I'm going with, and you know what, Mac, just to kind of piggyback on that, I wouldn't be shocked if you're right. Like the U.S. sometimes has done this, but they kind of have a different feel this year. It's just the goaltending that could be a disaster with uh, with Caden and Burko, but hopefully he has a good tournament and hopefully they win a bronze medal. I'm going with Finland and Canada. I think that one's possible, guys. Um, but it's a rematch of the summer's gold medal game where Finland easily could have won that game. They should have won that game if Mason McTavish didn't put, pull off that wizardry, pulling that puck off the goal line. So Finland easily could have been the gold medal winner. They will not be the gold medal winner once again, though. Canada will win. And I'd love to see some more overtime just for the drama and maybe a little Connor Bedard magic in OT. Hey, I wouldn't be against that. But touching on Bedard there, Tyler, we'll loop back around one more time. Who do you have winning tournament MVP this year? Bedard. That's it. Mac. I'm going to go with my earlier statement that Shane Wright's going out with something to prove, and uh, I'm taking Shane Wright. Interesting. I am going with a dude who we've touched on in the podcast. He's having an insane year. He doesn't get talked about just because his name's not Connor Bedard. Adam Fantilli, Fantilli comes out, makes a statement. This dude's a winner. Everywhere he goes, he wins. He's a big body. Lends itself well to a tournament like this. I'm going Fantilli for tournament MVP. All three of us chose Canadians. Shocker. Mac, anything else that you'd add here on tournament kind of predictions? 
Uh, I saw something on Twitter there. I think it was either earlier today or late last night. Um, it was like, what if Fantilli scores the overtime winner assisted by Bedard or something and starts talking about, you know, Fantilli going number one overall, which I could totally see in the media these days for sure. Oh, yeah, that ain't happening, eh? Who knows? Who knows? I would take an overtime winner. That's fun. That's good hockey. That's what we're here for. Ty, anything else to wrap us up? Uh, is it the 26th yet? It is not. Hopefully the 26th comes very, very soon. One prediction. I guess I'll just go with a Martins Lavins overtime winner for Team Lafia. That's it. Against <laughs> against who? Anyone. Not a good team, though. It's going to be a bad team. Swiss one, maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe the Swiss. Oh, poor Swiss. I had them third. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I mean, that's going to do it for this episode here, fellas. Um, This is pre-recorded. We're uh, heading into what's supposed to be a big storm here. So everybody stay safe over the holidays. Have a Merry Christmas. We're going to watch World Juniors in, what is it, three days now, three days till heaven on earth. We're going to be stuck in front of the TV for the better part of two weeks. We will hop on later next week with some updates of the tournament. But until then, happy holidays from the fellas at Hockey Collective.